0: Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I spoke a little bit on this subject a while back um, uh, whenever I uh, uh, talked about having patience and waiting on the Lord. It was a while back with the men's study group. Um, but I made a joke and I said, well, this is for the women, but the women aren't here. And now the women are here. So we're going to do it again. No, I'm just joking. Uh, it was actually for Krista, but she's not in here. So we can. we're just going to roll on with it. No, we had, uh, it's something that God, I've added to, taken away from, something the Lord has laid on my heart as of recent. Uh, Continue to pray for us with our housing situation. Uh, We're looking at that. We're talking to some people and some different stuff like that. So just pray for us that God will give us the exact place that he has for us. We're going to look here in Isaiah chapter 40. And we're gonna look in verse 47. Now, naturally, whenever I talk about things like waiting on the Lord or being patient on God, it's like, well, you can sort of see and understand where that is going, where we're going. You you need to be patient. You need to be okay with waiting on the Lord. But a lot of times when we look into this a little bit more, we see there's more to it than than that. Than just saying, wait, well, you need to wait on the Lord. I've talked to people before, I've talked to young people talked about marriage counseling all different types of things and one of the things is well there are some questions that comes with that why do I wait how do I wait why do I wait why should I stop if everything seems to be working out why should I halt all of that and then wait on the Lord and we're going to look at a little bit of that just quickly tonight just a quick little study here we're going to look around in our bible a couple of places a couple of things we need to look at before we really jump in here um Is that we have to make a couple of, uh, we have to understand a couple of things. And that of all things in life, waiting on the Lord a lot of times is the hardest thing to do. Because we are in control of our own life. It's very, very hard to stop and wait. We are not creatures who want to just stop. Sitting in traffic, waiting at a roundabout when someone doesn't know how to use the roundabout. Mm, Stuff like that is just like, my goodness. I have, and the funny thing is, is I believe I have patience with people. I do not have patience with technology, okay? If I bought a computer, that computer should work. So, and it should work quickly, or it is gonna go in the scrap pile, and, or get returned or whatever. It just drives me crazy whenever stuff does not uh, work. It's interesting, there was this one light back in Georgia that would, in Glenville, would take forever, forever to go. We'd pull up there, there's a one little light in that corner of town. And it was a wonderful place where cops would hang out, and it was the old old trap, because you'd pull it there at night, and it was on a timer. And if you went through, they were waiting around the corner. And it's like, dude, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, you know. Well, what are you doing out at 3 a.m. in the morning? Well, I'm coming back from the Greens' house. We just blamed the Greens, hanging out with Mike and Andrew. So we go over there, wait on this thing. One time I decided to wait because this light was taking forever. I decided to, to count. I mean, the next time I went there, I counted. It was 30 seconds. That's all it was. And I was like, it's like two hours. You know, you're waiting on this thing. Please turn. You know, it was only 30 seconds. Showed how impatient I was. So waiting on the Lord is very hard. And there's times we don't feel like we want to, but we have to. Now, there's something we need to look at as we jump into this. And that we we must learn this either the hard way or we can learn the easy way. And that is neither zeal nor good intentions have any effect on the will of God. Whatsoever. We can have all the good intentions in the world. We can have great zeal, and that does not determine the will of God. It doesn't speed up the waiting process. A lot of times it can get us into a lot of trouble. So I can have great zeal, okay. I can have good intentions, okay. But if God's not ready for me to take that next step, or God hasn't opened that door, then I can hurt myself there. In Proverbs, you don't have to turn there, but in Proverbs 19, too, it says also that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good, and he that hasted with, hasteth, hasteth, with his feet sinneth. So a lot of times we see good people with good intentions that are headlong into the trials of life and oftentimes they can become bitter because things didn't work out the way they thought they should have. And so many times we can um, stonewall our own process or in life by thinking this is supposed to happen here. This is my expectation. I expect this. I expect this. Whenever Christ Teaching, so oftentimes, is the opposite of that. Don't expect. Don't expect the world to treat you good. Don't expect good things to happen all the time. God didn't save the disciples from the storm. He saved them in the storm. They expected that they were never going to be in that storm with Christ in the boat, but that's not what Christ was talking about at all. So it's not about good intentions. It's about his timing. Now, in Isaiah chapter 40, and let's look in verse 27 here. It says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, speakest, I've got this lisp thing going on today. O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength; they shall mount up with wings as eagles; they run and be not weary, and not be weary. And they uh, they shall faint; they shall walk and not faint. Now, let's pray real quick, and then we'll start. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Please bless the reading of Your Word. Help us to understand it and ponder it in our heart. Lord, as we're called to do in your word, help us, Father, to reach out to someone this week with the message that we have. Father, just a message of salvation. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with us now as we look at what your word has to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, how long do I wait? That's the first question we're going to look at here when we're talking about waiting on the Lord. The title of the message today is Why Won't We Wait? Why Won't We Wait? <clears throat> I hate to be one of those preachers to do this, but Roman, could you get me some water? I appreciate it. <clears throat> I'm one of those guys, my voice just gets so raspy, and man, it starts to careen out of control. There was a guy in Georgia, I love him to death, his, he's with the Lord now, his name was um, Earl Dormany. And, oh, and he had this wonderful gravelly voice, and he, every single time you would have to bring the man water it would just get out of control and then you know he's doing that and i'm as a kid i'm like my goodness what is this guy eating you know he's got to be eating gravel and it was pretty incredible but we would just wait 10 minutes 20 minutes never 30 it was always in the 20 minute mark brother earl needed some water but man he could preach so it was good all right so we see here how long do we wait the implication here from isaiah chapter 40 is that god does not get weary from teaching us and that's a wonderful thing because as a parent, whenever you have a kid, sometimes you get really tired from teaching the kid. You told the kid, your child, don't do that, don't touch that, they keep doing that. After a while, that starts to wear you down, to where then you're either gonna give them what they want or you're gonna kill them. So you have those two, two choices you know, on the shelf, you know, killing the kid or giving them the other way. But one thing we've talked to our kids about is the more, just because you keep asking does not mean you're making any ground in the direction that you want. You're actually taking away from that and you're making it worse, so stop acting. But God does not get weary from teaching man. That's a good thing because we're really stubborn. We'll talk about that in a little bit and it drives us crazy to deal with people who are like that, but God, he doesn't get weary from that. So we have to know this. Did you know that you cannot learn patience if you are in control? You cannot learn patience if you are in control of everything you can't learn to follow if you are the leader of everything we're not going to learn certain things if okay i'll I'll, god listen lord i want you lead me whenever i feel like being led teach me whenever i feel like being taught you know so chris and i will say that to each other joking around i want you to lead me when I'm ready to be led, you know. So it's just such a wonderful thing for a relationship. So we're not going to learn patience if we're in control. We need to stop and be still and listen to God. Let's look over in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's not about serving, just about serving God. It's about serving God in his time. And that's one thing I think as Christians, we overlook God's timing for things. Special, special time. Timing. We're going to look here. There's a time and a season for everything. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. I'll lose the gravelly voice here. So, David here is appointed king of Israel. We have to remember this, okay? What did he do? He returned to the field and he kept working. Why was that? I always remember this kid thinking, David appointed he's anointed king. David should be king. Yes, David should be king, but it was not David's time to be king. God said, this is what you're going to receive. You're just not going to receive it right now. And what that shows us is that along with humility and faithfulness, timing is one of the main ingredients to God's will. He kept working in the field because it wasn't his time. It was God's perfect timing. So giving God the right to be in control in our own life is a big step that will help us to learn to wait on the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Chapter 3, we're going to look in verse 1, and it tells us here that there's a time and a season for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. a time of war, and a time of peace. Man, what an incredible passage that is. There's a time and a season we see throughout our lives. It's just such an incredible, incredible passage. So the question is, well, how long do we wait? Simply put, we wait until God changes that season. Till the time changes, the season ends, and God brings something else. Chris and I haven't been to the Somerville meeting before together. I went there about... 16 years ago several things happened we weren't able to go back and we wanted to go for years and go back and do this but it wasn't our time. Have little kids my goodness you're in a hotel with little kids it's interesting so trying not to kill them and we're there you know it's very very stressful. What we did is we decided we're going to wait until we can travel a little bit easier to travel so that's what we did and now we're starting to get into that season now to where We can go do these things, and we're really, really excited about that. It's like, my goodness. Part of us go, we see the old pictures, and we're like, on our phone, oh, my goodness, look at them. They were so young. We miss them at that age, you know. And then I pull up a picture of Nabo with this phone that I had bought, I got from a yard sale. I was going to sell it on eBay, and Nabo's beating the tar out of the phone. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, use his phone. So he picks it up. Hello, this is the magic school bus. Wham, wham. And he starts beating on things. And I was like, yes, that's the neighbor that I remember. The crazy little guy who destroyed things. So now we're like, oh, we're so thankful that he's older now. And he's not destroying property. So it's funny. There's a time and a season for everything. We're, we're able to do certain things when we can. But we have to be willing to go, okay, I can't do those things right now. I'm going to wait on God until God changes the season. David here did not determine when he was ready to be king. So how long do I wait until God changes the time and ends the season? But we have to focus on that because we have to remember that God is the one who changes the time and God is the one who changes the season. That's not up to us. Had David listened to his friends who were talking in his ears, good friends, friends who loved him, had he done that and had he acted upon that advice, David would have taken the kingdom instead of the kingdom being given to him. God never told David to take the kingdom. He told him, one day the kingdom's going to be given to you. So David had to wait, and he had his opportunity. And where we would look at that and go, Lord, thank you, just like his friends. You gave me this opportunity. Now I can kill him, and I can take the kingdom. And David said, wait a minute. This seems like it's a really good idea on paper. But then I'm harming God's anointed, and what I want should never go contrary to what God's word says. So therefore, no, I can't do it. I have to wait. This is your only opportunity. This is your one chance. Now you're in control, David. David said, no, 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 no. This has never been about me being in control. This is about God being in control. Had he taken their advice, he would have forever been haunted by the knowledge that he took the kingdom, as opposed to God giving him the kingdom. And whenever you kill to take something, you look in the scriptures, a lot of times you're the one who gets killed later on. Starts the old process. You're, I'm going kill, to kill his whole family off. I take his kingdom. Then someone else comes in and does it to you later. So what we have to do here, we have to ask ourselves this. Will you allow God to give you blessings? Will we allow God to bless us? Or do we have to take everything that we get? Am I going to allow God to bless me in his time? Or is Nathan going to have to go out there and fight? for every inch and every scrap of ground that I get. I've done it myself. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have to the constant grabbing taking for myself. Uh, I I see people who know the Lord I believe are Christians that have such horrible business practices that they ruin their reputation and they have to move off to another town because they're cheating people out of their money because surely God's not going to bless their business so what I've got to do is I've got to cut corners and I've got to cheat people out of their money. And then now I've got to do, I've got to do for me and mine. And then they ruin their reputation and the reputation of the Lord. They don't allow God to bless them. Um, and it just gets compounded over and over and over again. Quickly, we're going to look at here, why won't we wait? Because there's a couple of reasons why we should wait. This is very, very important. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 30 real quick. Isaiah 30. We've got a couple of reasons here. A couple of reasons why... Uh, that have to do with you, a couple of reasons that have to do uh, with you and I and then a couple of reasons that have to do with God and I think it's, uh, I think it's important here that we remember we have to have to wait. Isaiah 30 and verse verse 18, Isaiah 30 verse 18And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you and therefore will He be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. How incredible is that? A couple of reasons here. First reason why we should wait on the Lord is so that we can be happy. So you can be happy. The word blessed actually means happy. In Philippians, 410, you don't have to turn there, but it says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore be content. So the first thing that we see, one of the reasons why we should wait, pump the brakes, wait on God, allow God to bless you, is because you will be happy. The second thing... We're going to look at here, and uh, is that going to, that's going to be to identify who our teachers are. Now, we think of teachers as teachers are a good thing, but actually it used here is different in the Bible, um, and it means that whenever you identify who your teachers are, um, you're supposed to—actually, you're in Isaiah 30. Stay right there. Look in verse 20. We can see it right here. A teacher means things to point out, problems that you should learn from. Let's look in verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. I used to always think teachers, well, that's someone who's teaching you a good thing. No, these are things to learn from, okay? So we're to wait on the Lord so he can identify our teachers. It could be money. It could be a position of authority. It could be submitting to authority. It could be anything that you must have control of. Those are your teachers. Those are things to learn from. I, God, okay, I'll give you this, this, and this. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't smoke weed. I don't do any of these, any of these things. I'll give you those. Okay. But I have this other issue over here that I'm dealing with. I, I can't really hang on to that. It's really easy to give up things that you don't have a problem with. It's really easy to give up things that you think, I'm never going to have a problem with that future. In the future, I'll just give that up to the Lord. That's not how it works. We're to identify who our teachers are. So if we're experiencing problems, it doesn't matter where it's at. The job, home, church, family, extended family, does not matter. Ask yourself this, what are my teachers here? In the situation that I am in, God, will you please point out If I have any faults in this situation so I can deal with that, so we can get those out of the way, and I can focus clearly on what you want me to do ahead of me. So my goal is to, God, show me what I need to remove. I can look at everybody else and say, well, they need to move, they they need to, no, no, and I can do that back and forth. I need to know what I need to remove. And then God will be able to use me. So use the time of waiting on the Lord. First of all, you'll find happiness. Second of all, you'll identify what your teachers are and what you need to turn over to the Lord. The next thing we see here is look in, look in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We see here that we need to wait on the Lord so we will become sensitive to His leadership. Wait on the Lord so we will be sensitive to his leadership. 1 Kings 19, and in verse 12, we know the story. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. After all those things, God, are you're you going to speak to me in some huge grand finale. We're waiting at the end of the fireworks show and we're waiting on this big grand finale, and that's when God's gonna speak to us in this huge thing, and there's gonna be a huge neon sign that says, you need to marry this person. Uh, uh, you need to have this job. Uh, uh, you need to move here. And there's all of these different things, all of the stuff, we need to have a perfect sign from that. And God says, you're not gonna get a small sign, you're not gonna get a sign. You gotta stop and listen very closely to what God has to say. A still, small voice. My mom and dad, sometimes whenever I'd get in trouble, and they would not punish me directly because probably they were afraid they were gonna kill me. So what they would do was, it'd be go to my room, which is 10 times worse, because you're waiting on judgment to come. So go to my room. So we head off, I go sit in the room. Sometimes, it was probably like two or three minutes, it seemed like an hour, you know, you're sitting there waiting on your parents to come in, they're gonna tell you what you did wrong, even though you already knew what you did wrong. And it's very interesting, sitting there on the bed, I came very in tune with all of the sounds of the house. It's amazing, all the creaks and the noises and all. I could hear everything. I could hear a cricket whispering under the floorboards, all the stuff, because I'm like, here they come. Yes. Yes. Dad's coming. Thump, 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 thump. You know, you could hear all that. And I became very sensitive to what the situation was is because it was very, very silent. Just like if you hear something. The other night, I was laying in bed, and there, something fell. I still don't know what fell. It's this big crash. Have you ever had that? It's like, boom. It's like, look around. So I'm like, okay. I didn't want to go all Rainbow Six with my gun around the corner, you know. In this case is one of the kids. So I get up and go, look, I still don't know what fell. And then my brain goes, It was just in my mind, because six kids do that to you. You know, they start to get to you. So, like, I've heard kids crying. I've hurried up and walked in there, and no one's crying. And I'm like, I'm crazy, so I'm going to go back to bed now. Then I go back to bed, and I can't sleep, so that's typically how it goes. But we're in the silence. We're supposed to listen, okay? You're very still when it's quiet. You're very still, and you listen. There's a place. um, I saw a video on it a couple of, like, maybe like a year ago. It's the quietest place in the world. There's like this place you go down, it's like this uh, mine shaft place, and you go down in the ground. Anyways, it's very, very cool. You go in there, people can go down there and meditate and stuff like that. Um, The fourth thing we see here, so we see that you need to be sensitive to his leadership. Why don't we wait? The fourth thing we see as we move along here is that so your strength will be renewed. Isaiah 40 and 31, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, be not weary, and they shall walk, and not faint. A waiting period in our life is an opportunity to stop and focus. Don't hate those moments. Don't hate the moments when God says, "Okay, I don't have anything big for you right now." Just keep doing what you're doing, coast. Keep doing what you're doing. Follow me, and listen closely to what I have for you. Don't hate those times. Be thankful for the renewing of your strength. There is purpose in waiting. It's purpose. Just like our phone needs to charge. Something we gotta, you got to stop. It has to be plugged in. It has to get power from somewhere. It needs to wait. That's what we need to do as well. So we see four things there. So we need to wait on God so you can be happy. Wait on God so you can identify who your teachers are. Wait on God so that you will become sensitive to his leadership. Wait on God so your strength will be renewed. Now we see four other super fast things that have to do with him. Let's Turn back to Isaiah 30. Let's turn back to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18. Isaiah 30 and verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. God will wait so he can be gracious to you. We should wait on God for his grace. Grace is receiving something that we don't deserve, and we know that. Something you don't deserve. Wonderful grace. Only from God. We need to wait on Him. God's going to be gracious to us. That segues into the very next part of that verse here. So that this, the, the sixth thing we see is we need to wait on God so that He can be exalted. Let's continue that verse in, in verse 18. It says, And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted. Number six is so that God can be exalted. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. How incredible is that, that it talks about eating and drinking? Isn't that interesting? Eating and drinking, like, why? Everyone eats and drinks everyone I think God's making a point there whatsoever you do even in what you eat what you drink do to the glory of God so why so God can be exalted it says give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God everything was created for God's glory he is to be exalted we need to wait on God if we rush through God's not exalted in our actions If we're taking control of every situation God won't be exalted we're trying to exalt ourselves so we have to be careful for that God wants to be gracious to us he wants to be exalted as well number seven we see is that so God can show you mercy let's turn to Proverbs chapter 10 real quick Proverbs chapter 10 we're almost done here so the seventh thing that we see is so that God can show you mercy. As you turn there, I want to read you 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The seventh thing we see is we should wait so God can show you mercy. And my goodness, don't we all need mercy? Every single day, God shows us mercy. Mercy is a companion of grace. So my question to you is, have you showed someone mercy this week who did not deserve it? They didn't earn it. And a lot of times we do that as parents. Well, you can have this if you earned that. Well, okay, you have to be real careful with that because we can take that and we can drag that over into grace and into mercy. They did this and this and this. They haven't earned anything this week because of how they've acted, you're not getting anything. God goes, okay, wait a minute. Think about this. I give you mercy every single day and you don't deserve it, but like the servant who withheld from the other, now you're not going to pass along that mercy. So we have to be careful because what we do is we can be as parents, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get on the parenting. As parents, we have to be very careful because what we can do is we can be very performance-based. And you do this, this, and this, and this. You check off these boxes. You've got your stuff done. Boom, you're rewarded. And you should not reward disobedience. I understand that. But you have to be careful that grace and mercy and love does not fall into one of those boxes of you didn't do this, this, and this today. You didn't, it didn't fall into that line. So now... There's no mercy and there's no grace. There's no understanding, okay? Wait on the Lord and he will show you mercy by allowing you to miss out on the heartaches that lie ahead. I have shown mercy to my child who was walking up, J.L., to stick her mouth on a hot pan. Who does that? Who puts their mouth, you know, you want to feel, so she goes up. Don't do that. That is hot. No, stick my hand in there. Don't, don't do that. Wow. Well, okay, you know, it was last week. No, it actually wasn't. It was a couple years ago. So, don't, don't do that. Don't. That's a hot. Chris had made a casserole. That's a very hot pan. Uh, maybe a day or two later, I hear JL screaming. Yes. There was a hot uh, skillet over there, and as a little girl, she walked up and wanted to feel how hot it was, so she decided to fill it with her top lip, and burnt her top lip. So. I wanted to save her from that because I could see where that was going, but then she was determined to do that and kept on going and then burn herself. So we still tease her about it when Chris is frying up eggs or something. Jill, don't put your lips on the pan. It will not end well. So she just laughs about it. So we'll never let her forget about it, ever. It'll be the rest of her life. So um, we are to, we're to show mercy. The last thing that we see in closing here, why we should wait on God is so that God can bless us. In Proverbs chapter 10, let's look at verse 22 there. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. He addeth no sorrow. It didn't say there's no is going to come with it. God adding everything that we get as a Christian, God gives us. God adds to what we do. God doesn't add any sorrow with this. Okay. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. It might seem an odd way to bless someone, but God has decided to bless us by not adding any sorrow. You could go, well, what does that really mean? Actually, I'm not sure. Some, some, when you look at some scripture, there are some things we don't understand. We look at that, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow. Well, maybe it has something to do, I'm, I'm guessing it has something to do with the rich, God gives us richness, but he doesn't add sorrow to it. But why would God add sorrow to it? This is what, this is, this is what God says. He doesn't add any sorrow with this. Sort of odd on, on the surface, but we look at that and we realize, wait a minute. If I'm always fighting for riches, I'm always fighting for stuff. A lot of times I'll get, I might get what I want, but then there's sorrow that comes with that because I am now in control. So God wants to bless us but he can't if we're fighting for control. Sometimes we're afraid to let God have control of our our decisions because he might mess our plans up. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Because for me, I have an idea of things I want to get done. I want to do this, this, and this. Okay, here's a schedule for the week. I was not counting on this. No, God knows. He's not going to mess our plans up because our plans don't matter. His plans matter. Waiting on God hinges, and lastly, our waiting on the Lord hinges on our own stubbornness. God's blessing will not cost you, it will only add to you. But our headstrong stubbornness will cost us greatly. Isn't it odd some of the horrible attributes we as humans look, as bad, look at as a badge of honor, you know? It's not funny. Some of the things we have, you know, it's the, well, I've got a temper and I'll speak my mind. That's great. Tell that to your two friends, you know, the two people who will actually spend time with you, you know, as someone with an unbridled tongue, the Bible talks about. And they're proud of that. They're, you nope, I'm going to speak my mind. That's a wonderful, and the Bible also talks about someone with a quick tongue being a fool and quick to folly, you know. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'll kill you. That's another good one. So you can get by with it one time, but not the second time. Um, I've actually heard this. I've heard this. Um, I'm Italian. It's my temper. Italian. I literally have heard people say because they are Italian, they've got a temper, they've got an attitude, all of these horrible things that the Bible talks about, they attribute to their bloodline. How crazy is that? Because I'm Italian. Now I have a right to go crazy. No, that's not, no, that's not how, that's not how it works. I haven't had my coffee. I told, uh, I always, uh, I, I cheat, uh, tease Chad um, because Chad in the morning, we'll be traveling, Chad in the morning is very quiet. He's not mean, just quiet he gets his coffee. So I saw an article by Babylon Bee that said um, Christian, <laughs> it said Christian has no, uh, Christian cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit until he's had two cups of coffee or something like that and I was like I sent to Chad and said yes my friend this is you this is you you need the two, two cups before you show the, the love of the Lord so we always joke about that people say I'm stubborn as a mule okay if at first you don't succeed just force it we use that in the the furniture biz you, you're building this couch first you don't succeed force it just make it work and that's how that's how it goes then drop it off and get out of there before the people look at it so that's always a good one. I'm sure that doesn't work well with Ron, who's a machinist, but you know how it is sometimes. Sometimes. So, stubbornness, listen, stubbornness is not a good attribute. Because when you look at the Bible, stubbornness stymies God's blessings over and over again. Did you know that stubbornness is used to describe only two types of people in the Bible? You the know types of people are? Harlots. And rebellious people who lie to themselves. Ouch. (laughs) Harlots, people who lie to themselves. In Proverbs 11, it says that the harlot is loud and stubborn. In Psalm 78 and verse 8, it says that a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, that literally means in truth, they don't have truth in their heart, they lie to themselves. And whose spirit was not steadfast with God. You know what that means? In trust. Whose spirit does not trust in God. Someone who lies to themselves, and someone who does not trust in God. That's what the Bible describes stubbornness as. It's not a good attribute. It's not a good thing. Stubbornness is also paired with a very special word in the Bible. And that word is aven not a German word, it's oven, Hebrew word. You know what it means? It means trouble, vanity, wickedness, idolatry, affliction, evil, faults, iniquity, mischief, mourning, not sorrow, unjust, unrighteousness, vain, vanity, wicked, that brings, the good things that come from it, strictly nothingness. Interesting, from stubbornness, the Bible tells us nothing good comes from it. But a lot of times we can wear that like a badge of honor. Well, nothing good comes from it, but I got my way, didn't I? Yes, my friend, you did get your way. And now you have to sleep in the bed that you made. You know? So if I get my way, all right, you might get your way. But then look at the damage caused in return. My Uncle Jimmy had this horse down in Florida. Beautiful young horse. It was my cousin. Alexis's horse. It was just an amazing. Alexis had a traumatic childhood because like every animal she had died. It was incredible. Her pet duck got ate by their pig. You know how horrifying that is? This huge hog killed the duck and ate it. Anyways, it's another story for another time. So poor girl was traumatized and every animal she had died. Uh, so she had this one... She had this one horse, beautiful, beautiful horse, young horse, and it's running far side of the pasture over there, and it's just having a great time, and it runs, boom, straight into this bob wire. And that bob wire cut straight through to the chest, and, and it just rolled up in the bob wire. And it was, she was screaming and all that. We go out there, and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm a kid, and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm actually seeing what I'm seeing. This poor animal trying to get it up. Well, it had cut into it. Well, without going into all the details, we're trying to calm the horse down so we can get the horse out. And the horse would not calm down. And that the horse made matters so much worse. In so much that if the horse had just been caught in the bywire, wire, we could have got it out. But a process of a couple of minutes, the horse had done too much damage to itself to live. And it was so sad because now you gotta you gotta put the horse down. If the horse somehow, some way, had hit the bob wire and it rolled up in it and it had laid there, we could have come in, boom, 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 cut the bob wire off. It had had some cuts, maybe some stitches, and it would have been fine. But the horse killed itself, literally fighting against the bob wire to get out, and it couldn't do it, couldn't survive. So. Why wait on the Lord? Why won't we wait? The Bible tells us here, when we we study the word stubbornness, look at waiting on the Lord, is that waiting on the Lord will cost nothing of importance. We read in Isaiah 40, and verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary. And they shall walk. And not faint. What an incredible reason to wait on the Lord. Now we look at this and we go, okay, but you don't understand the situation that I am in. That's what I did. I waited on God and then God didn't come through in this certain amount of time. So I had to take control. I had to do it. We've heard people, uh, there was a, uh, a sweet lady I know in Yakima, Washington. She said, I waited. I waited. I wouldn't do anything, so I had to do it myself. And then that situation spiraled out of control and just uh, 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 messed up completely messed up two families. This message that God gives us on waiting is exactly for each and every one of our situations. Because God's mercy and His grace covers all sins, and we can go, well, that might apply to this, but it doesn't apply to what I'm going through. That's exactly what this applies to. It applies to each and every one of our hearts and our lives. Waiting on the Lord, not on ourselves. Taking stubbornness, a horrible thing, just like pride and envy and those things that can lead to the downfall of us. Pushing that aside and going, okay, God, I want your mercy. I want you to bless me. I want you to be exalted. I want you to show me mercy like I've never seen it before. Show me what I need to do to change. Not what he needs to do, not what she needs to do, not what they need to do. God, show me what I need to do to change. And I'm willing during this season to wait on you. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to go, God, it's tough, but I want to wait until you end this time and you change the season And during this time, I'm going to let you build me and strengthen me and grow me like I've never seen before. And I'm going to be patient, even though it's so hard to do. And I'm going to allow you to do all this. So you will be exalted and you will get glory from this and I will grow from you. And that's my lesson on patience, waiting on the Lord. And that is a lesson that I have had to learn over and over and over again. And my goodness, dude, I still make excuses god you haven't come through i'm still waiting i'm still waiting and it just doesn't it doesn't end up so this thing with the house god bleeding with the house, okay it has not we've looked in we're talking about some different options some other stuff like that waiting 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 we have people who are you know have you got a house yet you know nope waiting on god i see what god does so oftentimes we just got to stop and wait and then during that time that's when we hear the still small voice and God leads us exactly where he wants us to go. All right, that's what I have. Thank you all so much for coming. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Don't forget to pray for those who are out and about. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. Father, one of the hardest thing things to do is to turn over the reins of our life to you. And so much of that is steeped in stubbornism. Father, I pray that we won't, we won't shackle our own self. Father, uh, help us. Help us not to categorize our own self. Well, I can't do that because of this. No, I can't do that. Father, you came and you died on the cross for every single sinner. And Lord, help us not to take certain passages of the Bible and certain principles and messages and push it aside because "Ah, that doesn't describe me or that doesn't apply to me. Father, open our hearts to each and every passage so we can take from that. Lord, help us to be patient. Help us to wait on you. Father, help us not to rush into things where we can cause our own destruction. And Father, in waiting that, encourage us, Lord. Encourage us and help us. Show us mercy, Father. Show us grace. Please be exalted in everything we do. What we say and what we we drink, what we eat, how we live our life. Help us to exalt you in patience and in waiting. And Lord, lead us. Lead us into the next season. Lead us into the next time. Father, help us to go into that waiting on you, not us. Lord, like David, Father, help us not to be the one who causes the change. Help us to wait on you to bring the change. We thank you for it. We thank you for each and every person who is here. I pray for those who are out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.